0: Postscript. My name is Dave Severns. I am the worship pastor here at Compass Point Bible Church, and today with me is Pastor Brad Klink.
1: Yeah, hi, Dave. It's nice to be on Postscript again. Haven't been here for a while. Looking forward to chatting about multiplication today.
0: It has been far too long. Hey, Brad, remind, uh, don't remind me because i worked down the office from you, but remind our listeners, what do you do here at yeah. Compass Point?
1: Yeah, I'm the associate pastor of Connections, and so I oversee a lot of the adult programming and, uh, and try to connect newcomers or those new to the church into the life and, and uh um life of the church and community.
0: Yeah. So if if you're a part of Compass Point and uh, when I say a part I mean more than just attending on Sunday morning, uh we hope that means you're connected somehow, which means you're probably in something that Brad has helped facilitate, help put together. Um he's got a passion for people and connecting and uh I think that's perfect for what we're going to be talking about today because we're continuing in our series on how we live on our values. And this week we talked about multiplication over consumption. Do you want to give us a little recap from Sunday, Brad?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I focused mainly on multiplication and the power of multiplication, and uh, came up with sort of four points. One is, uh, I think multiplication is the plan that Jesus lays out for growing his church, for taking his, his good news forward to the world. Uh, that's why he calls us in the Great Commission. That's how it's modeled through the disciples. Um, and then as well, we, we talked about how there's an important part of that plan that involves us as disciples, followers of Jesus, embracing that as a, as a personal responsibility or calling as well. And then we talked about how we, we need to be intentional and maintain some focus, and it's tough to, to uh, engage in this calling sometimes, and it takes intentionality and focus and a willingness to risk. And then finally we wrap by saying the good news is that even though these are hard things, uh, these aren't things we're left on our own to do. Mm-hmm. We are uh, to do them alongside Jesus, uh, empowered by his spirit and with our team, the church. And so we, uh, we challenged each other to uh, consider how are we each living our life to to multiply as disciples?
0: Yeah, and I loved. Um, I mean, you had so much great stuff on Sunday. I don't know if I've ever been uh, been a part of a sermon that starts with so many graphs so quickly, uh, but I thought it was just a, such a great tie-in. You know, you you talked a little bit about multiplication is, is kind of a weird concept to understand except for right now because we're all watching COVID numbers yeah. right? and we're seeing, we understand what our value is and how things spread. And that's obviously bad when it comes to deadly viruses, but good when it comes to the gospel. Uh, and that's kind of the the plan and the call of Jesus is to spread. And you had this great example, you know, if the church grows by 50 people a year, by the time you're, I think you said you were 80, yeah. the church is like, a, a you know, much bigger than it is now. Whereas if one person, were to multiply themselves once a year and those people were to multiply themselves by the time you were 80 the church was what 7.2 billion I think yeah it was?
1: 7.8 billion the, the, yeah. The, the current population of the the earth yeah
0: which is that's a lot of people um and, and I think we all know you know it's it's not always that smooth multiplication isn't a one-year process it's yeah, not for sure but, but even I mean let's say a hundred of us say this is something we need to do and we managed to do it A hundred of us managed to do it once over the next 10 years. And those people, like, it's the same thing. Really quickly, the gospel is just just exploding, which is, I mean, that's, what we're here for yeah
1: yeah i i mean one thing that i thought is is very interesting when you compare linear growth adding growth versus multiplication growth is Hmm. is uh for a a little while at the beginning adding looks better often and it's easier to say oh adding is is great and adding is good there's you know we need to add for sure but uh, the importance of investing in those people who are being added such that they can multiply themselves really lets it you know take off and and makes it not even a close comparison in
0: the end. Mm-hmm. It's funny. so I was just reading a, a business bizlit book um, that that kind of talked about this even in in terms of like businesses and I think business owners will understand this, right like you can you can have a growth in sales, but if it's a kind of a consistent growth it, it's not as good as having like measuring the last six months and and how, like, is your sales growing in a different way and continuing to grow in a different way? And, and that's like, that's what matters. That's what drives things. And we really, we do believe that's true of the gospel. Let, let me ask really quickly, um, multiplication over consumption. Uh, and that's like, let's peel back the curtain here. We've been, we've been wrestling with these for a while. We actually started this one with multiplication over addition, and you talked mm, a little bit yeah. about that. So why, why consumption? Why maybe is addition not quite right, or maybe consumption's not quite right? Maybe we haven't found that word yet, but what is it? What's the danger in what some of the stuff we currently see in ourselves and in our church, and, and how do we contrast that with this ideal of multiplication?
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody who was there listening to the sermon on Sunday will know I spent very little uh, time focusing on the consumption piece. And, and part of that is because, yeah, we're still wrestling with whether we've got the right word. Um, so we additionally, uh, as you said, started with, with addition, which um, which uh, isn't actually a negative thing. It's still a good and needed thing. And mm-hmm. so it didn't seem to be the right um, uh, the right opposite or con- contrasting piece. Uh, and yet we don't want to be people who, who who are just adding because we, we miss the impact of exponential growth. So we realized yeah. that wasn't quite right. And so uh, consumption seemed a little bit closer that, that the whole concept of you know consumers, uh, there's, a, there's sort of a one-way valve where things come in. I come and I, I take in sermons and I take in Bible studies and I take in fellowship events and I take in activities and mm-hmm. I take in and I take in, and that's the, the consumer kind of consumption mentality and uh multiplication is different because you're you're investing you're giving away your your, there's outputs of your life you're investing in other disciples you're investing in sharing your faith you're taking risks it's it's less safe and and so consumption we we right now is sort of the best best word we had we're also wrestling with maybe maintenance or other you know if you got a if any of our listeners have the an idea of a good word to capture what we're trying to get at then uh you know we're we're all ears
0: yeah and it I mean, it is. This is a tricky one. We've, we've wrestled yeah. uh, all of these. We've wrestled with, but I think this one's the one. We're like, what is that? What is that word there? We know multiplication is the ideal, and, and I think part of this was also born um, from a, from a leadership perspective from our side. We we don't want to be a staff central church where everything we do relies on us as pastors because we're <laughs> we're, we're not going to do it that well. Like, we I mean, we I think we've got a great pastoral team. We're good at our jobs. We we love it. We love people, um, but. But the church, you know, the, the vision that Jesus laid out for us isn't just, hey, pastors, go, go do things and, and you know, that's, that's all, right? Like, can you, like, what does it look like for our people to be empowered? If, if you're not a pastor, even not even a, a lay leader or a key leader at Compass Point, what does it look like for someone to, to begin this journey of multiplication?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, and, and part of the example I showed on Sunday with the adding 50 people a year linear growth versus mm. exponential is the fact that you know, we can, as a church, have a, a wonderful service and invite people in and promote ourselves and have people added to the body, but if the individual pieces of our church body aren't uh, helping to invest and multiply, then we lose some of the, uh, the impact for sure. So in terms of, of embracing this as a sort of a personal calling, um, you know, the, the way you interact at your workplace, the, I mean, the Bible talks about uh, having an, uh, an answer for the hope you have um, mm-hmm. sharing your story. When you look at the calling of the first disciples, they, they get so excited. They go and tell their brothers and their mm-hmm. friends and they're you know, we see a good movie. We tell people about this great movie we've seen and that they have to go see it once we can see movies again, I guess.
0: <laughs> can we see movies right <laughs> now? I don't even know, I don't bro. really know where it's, we're at there. What is it you're watching on Netflix? Right. I yeah, think that's, yeah, the that's, that's yeah. right. <laughs>
1: and so, uh, you know, that, just that, that natural excitement, that, that shining your light, not putting a bowl over it, and just living life uh, real. So that's a great place to start. And I mm-hmm. think, the to me, the follow-up is that um, there's, a, there's a willingness to uh, in, invest time and, and energy and, you know, mental space in with those who are... Uh, not yet come to faith or early in their faith mm. and that might look like weekly coffees or whatever i, I shared an example there's a couple of uh, people in our church who decided on their own not a volition of the church that they've started micro groups they're mm. getting together with three or four people are getting together they're reading through the gospels they're uh, meeting weekly to uh, to pray and to hold each other accountable to to live in accordance with what they're learning from jesus example and how the spirit teaches them and and that's a great you know individual way to to help raise disciples and they've and they've they've talked right from square one um we're about multiplying so we're going to do this for six months or eight months and then we're all going to do it in our own context and mm. so I'm, I'm really excited about those initiatives and and that's the power of sort of one person deciding to take up this call yeah i love yeah.
0: that uh, let, let me ask i so when i heard this sermon i there was a voice in the back of my head which i don't think was the right voice saying to me, yes, this is all true. This is all good, especially for those who are gifted in this. Let's leave it to them. Um, and, and, you know, that's, we, we understand as we read the Bible, there are gifts and there are people who are gifted in certain things, but there are some things that we're all called to and some things that we, we know, like, so how, how does multiplication apply to all of us when we've all got different gifts, when some of us are less Uh, maybe less social or less less hospitable like does it look different in every case Mm. are we all called to it can we leave most of it to a couple of people what's the deal
1: yeah yeah I I think that's one of the uh, one of the lies that we've bought into and a little bit in our Western culture is that uh, is that this kind of thing is for uh, either the professional or for the highly gifted and uh, the reality is, I think we see in Scripture is that the call is to all followers of Jesus to mm. make disciples, to you know have an answer for the hope they have, um, to be able to um, speak with gentleness and respect to other people. And so um, there, there are no doubt those people who are evangelists who are really good at that, and that's that's awesome. And we need to we need to um, you know. Have them part of our body and 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 using their giftedness that way. But there are people who are gifted in hospitality, who disciple making looks like having people into their homes. At some point, when we can do that as well, yeah,
0: yeah. You know,
1: having people into their homes and having meals and having authentic spiritual conversations over food. And there are those people who are, who are servants, and they're going to they're going to you know earn the. Uh, the relational equity with their neighbors and friends by serving them and yeah. helping them through tough times and having conversations about how, uh, you know, this Jesus helps them through tough times. And, and so it's going to, I think disciple making looks different depending on how you're gifted, but I don't think it's something you can either say is, is uh, that's the responsibility of the institutional church or that's the responsibility of only the gifted. I think it's all of our responsibilities. And then we as leaders, of course, we have the responsibility to, to equip uh, and and teach and to help and to model and to be a part of this as Christ followers ourselves as well.
0: Yeah. So so um, one of the okay one of the, the common things we see in North American churches that I've seen at least is a small group model, right? And we've got we've got small groups here. I think every church I've been a part of in the last twenty years has had small groups. Uh, most of them have tried to say at some point like small groups are the most important thing um, that you know they're super important and and almost every one every church I've been in has kind of failed at that. It's kind of like well, you know, it's, we've got small groups that have been around for 20 years and it's just kind of a social group. Or then there's a couple groups that are kind of multiplying and breaking out, but you try to convince older groups to, to break apart and it's harder. And like, I I completely understand that because there's this need we have for connection and relationship, um, and kind of consistency in a world that's ever changing. And yet multiplication takes this, this risk and this creativity and this energy that, that it seems like a lot of people don't have, how do we do both? It like, there's gotta be a way how do like, and maybe it's not a system. Um, maybe we've seen that over the last couple of years, but how do we, how do we better do both of those things? yeah
1: that's an excellent question and we you know we love to see small groups multiply i'd love to see these micro groups multiply i would love to see disciples multiply or alpha tables multiply mm-hmm. um, but multiplication is no doubt hard because it it's a risk and it changes the relationship of those people that you've gotten close to and um, you know we've had moderate success in, in multiplying small groups but it's been really challenging and difficult and I think one of the thing, reasons why you know this is one of the values we're talking about during this series is because uh, it is hard, and it does take a risk, and it does take some intentionality, and um, and even though the you know um, it doesn't it, do, it doesn't mean that because you've multiplied your micro group or your small group or your whatever that you can't still maintain relationships. I hope. I hope you do. I hope we all do. I hope we have those relationships become more informal or, or uh, you know, friend relationships in a different way. Um, but I think for us to see the value and, and, and embrace Jesus' plan of multiplication, to be able to take that risk and do something that might be harder or less comfortable for us and and multiply and invest in a new group of new people. And, you know, that's that's hard. I think we can do both. I think um, you know keeping those relationships is important, and I think taking the the step to risk and do something new is a biblical principle and principle of this kingdom.
0: Yeah, and it, like I I think again depending on your personality, it's a different different kind of hard. Some people will naturally gravitate towards new relationships and and new things and jumping in, and, and they kind of like things changing. And and a lot of people uh, want want consistency and want depth. Um, and as as you're saying, I don't think it's an either or. Um, I think it's a both and, and this is part of, I think, what we're wrestling with, with how do we do, how do we do groups well at the church? How do we think through our ministries well to make sure that um, they are about multiplication over consumption or over maintenance or over right, addition, right, whatever yeah, it is, yeah. right? Uh, and we don't, we don't have all the answers yeah, here. Um, no. I'm sure, I'm sure those listening will will have felt this in different ways. And and I suspect anyone who's been around and done small group experiences or, or things like this with people for a while will be able to, to say, here's a really good example of it. And here's one time in my life it went wrong, right? What what do we do with like trying multiplication and seeing it going wrong? Um, like, you know, putting effort into something and seeing it go nowhere or or pouring into someone year after year after year and really like it just kind of fizzles or it doesn't you know we don't see these like wonderful acts-esque gospel stories of the gospel you know spreading wildfire how do we how do we deal with those how do we stay encouraged
1: yeah well i mean the the first thing we need to recognize is that you know we are not the ones that change hearts Mm -hmm. we are we're not the ones that do the the work of the spirit and transform lives that's that's not up to us or you know you see the early call of the disciples and uh you know, generally it's it's an invitation to come and see and spend time with Jesus. And uh, you see some people who then immediately go out and grab a brother and say, hey, come, you gotta follow this Jesus guy. Um, and and they they follow together, but you see other disciples who go out and say, "Hey, come follow this Jesus guy." And the, and the person they invite, uh, I'm thinking of Nathaniel in John 1. He's he's you know anything good come from Nazareth? Are you are you sure? You know, and so the the responses to this discipleship thing, this multiplying thing, will be different. And and so I think when we embark on it, we should expect that it won't go <laughs> all right. There will be times when things don't go right, and times when things fail, and um, I mean, I'd, I'd rather be, um, you know, on board with Jesus' call and mission and trying and risking and recognizing that it's hard and failing sometimes than, you know, then sitting on the side and not embracing that. And so, um, you know, I, I hope that is sort of a general cultural thing that continues to grow amongst, uh, you know, our, our, uh, our church community here, this willingness to risk and try things and... Um, recognizing that things don't always go perfect but that it's up to god to change hearts and lives and
0: yeah yeah i'm just as you're talking there i'm struck by how um in a lot of ways parenting is multiplying right like there's this Hmm. and and it's not a perfect analogy um but like with your kids if you've got kids or, or grandkids or if you know people with kids even you've probably seen this right like you you try to bring out the best in them. You try to point them to these greater things. And one of the, one of the greatest joys in, in watching kids grow up and learn and mature is seeing them um, just generally, I mean, most specifically around the gospel, but generally get excited about something that you think is a good value and a good thing. And, and to spread that to their friends and their other people. And, and there's, there's something there. I, I mean, I think family is both a great example and one of the things that maybe keeps us from multiplying sometimes because we get so insular and so inward focused that we we forget about our neighbors and other people around us.
1: I I think as as parents, our our first and foremost call is to multiply our kids as disciples. We have that responsibility to to raise them up in the ways of faith. And I know in in our lives, Lisa and I have found that those transition times, are the times when there's the greatest teachable moments uh, mm-hmm. for our kids. And I think about this pandemic time and all the struggles that every family's going through and what it, you know, in addition to all the hardships and challenges, it's also a tremendous time to to help your kids see you uh, pray and see mm-hmm. you confused and see you wrestling with realities you don't like and see you not being able to answer questions and, and uh, to, to call people, whether it's your kids or friends or coworkers, into... Sort of your journey through transition times or through this time of pandemic is a is a really practical way of kind of um, you know raising raising disciples. And it was somebody in in our life who said when we were considering uh, leaving last job and coming here to work at Compass Point, who said, you know what, uh, involve your kids. It was actually a listening exercise we did with our small group. Involve your kids, and that was uh, very helpful for us to hear that. Mm. Um, and to to um, you know bring them along in the confusing journey during that transition time.
0: Yeah, that's that's good. What would you say to someone who who has heard this about multiplication, who kind of feels the spirit calling them to this, and, and yet you know you wake up and it's well, it's election day in the states, and we're still in the midst of a pandemic, and winter is coming. How, what does it look like to start? doing multiplication now, right? We don't, we don't have a multiplication program we put people into per se. Uh, It's a value. It's something, how do, how do I take the next step today and start living more into the value of multiplication? Yeah.
1: Well, I, I totally get, and, and I'm in the same place where everything these days is, is harder and seems to take more energy and is just slower and and so I get this is an extra sort of difficult time to to do anything new or to change you know your your values in any significant way Um, but at the same time everything around us is is changing and in flux and I know it might be a great opportunity for to to see things a little bit different so how how sort of practically do we lean in I, I think uh, to, it can start simply with prayer. God, put on my heart and mind uh, a person or two that you want me to specifically invest in. Uh, maybe that's you know Zoom meetings or socially distanced coffees or I don't know what that looks like. Um, but just an intentionality. I know that I've been encouraged in the past to you know have three or five names on my fridge that, of mm-hmm. of guys that I'm praying for and guys that I know that when I connect with them there's 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 something going on in the back of my mind. I'm I'm seeing this is an opportunity to invest and to uh, have spiritual conversation, and I'm looking for those open doors. And so I think the way you pray can start differently. Um, you know, you're you're spending more time with your with your household, so being you know more intentional about investing in your kids, or if there's other family members in your household or your bubble that there's there's a unique additional time uh, while you're all going through something difficult, which is a great opportunity. So some of those things would be, you know, possible first steps during this, uh, this season of pandemic.
0: Yeah. Tell me a little more. You've, you've mentioned these micro groups. um, And then I know you've got a couple other stories of people in our midst who you've seen multiplying, maybe without giving names specifically, tell me a little more, What what are some examples you're seeing in our midst of this value of multiplication?
1: yeah that's that's great i'll i'll give you three stories very quickly one uh one couple invited their neighbor couple to come to alpha they couldn't come so they said well okay well we'll come over and do alpha in your house on friday nights and so we equipped them with the videos and the questions and they went and did alpha and they saw their neighbors uh come to faith which is awesome and we celebrated and we we had a baptism before uh covid um and and if they were going for kind of shooting for church attenders um, or converts, they, they might have left it there. And, um, and, you know, and instead they've started a, a group, um, you know, a Bible study group and they're connecting and they've invited other couples into that group. So that's really in my, you know, that's a great example of somebody who's who's intentional about building disciples. I know another couple who, uh, you know, um, some people they invited to Alpha came to faith and they, they want, they were uh, deeply uh, burdened with helping these, these newcomers to faith grow in their faith. And so they started a small group at a time when um, that didn't make sense in their life. It was hard. It was, there was too many things going on. It didn't really didn't make sense, but they really felt that calling and prompting. And so they did that. And that group is, uh, is growing and those new um, people to faith are growing and and then as I mentioned, there's these people who have taken the initiative to start a micro group and try something. And they're just, they're risking, they're stepping out. Uh, it may work, it may not work, but um, they're going to take up the challenge of making disciples and try it. And they're going to do it in a smaller group of three to four. And um, You know, the discipleship happens in a lot of different ways, and it can happen, you know, one-on-one or one-on-three or four or in a small group of 12 or however. You know, we pair it to child, Um, and
0: yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I, I see we're we're coming at the end of our time. Actually, we're a little bit over time, but um, <laughs> this is great. I, I think this is such an important conversation and something we all need to wrestle through and kind of ask ourselves and ask God, you know, where is it you're calling me to multiply? What are the relationships? What are the people? Do you have any closing thoughts for us? Any Any things that we should take away this week?
1: Well, I'd I'd, um, encourage us all to always be praying that the Holy Spirit would would point us towards whatever he wants to do in our lives. And um, if it springs board off of Sunday's message and it's about multiplication, that I'd encourage you to continue to pray about that, think about that, process that, and uh, um, see how that value can be lived out in your life. And if he pokes in some other way, then go according to how he pokes and prods and and, uh, know that that honors God. Awesome.
0: Yeah, and if you wanna, you wanna keep this conversation going. If you wanna bounce ideas off, or you're, you're wrestling with stuff, just reach out. We would love to be able to have that conversation with you and to, uh, to encourage you and to walk alongside what the Spirit's doing in your life. Well, thank you, Brad. This has been a real joy. It's been too long since we've had these conversations. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to do it again yeah. soon. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening along, and we will be back next week with more postscript.